Manx Radio Podcasts, powered by Shaw. Women Today. Just call up my name. Uh, you are listening to the Women Today podcast. Thanks for staying with us. We've been joined in the studio this afternoon, spent a fascinating hour with Michael Cooley, who's been telling us all about his spiritual journey and also his memoirs that he has recently released in book form. A fascinating read it is too. Michael, there was so much we didn't get to and I felt myself just skipping over all of the notes because you have a fascinating story to tell, don't you? You really do. I'm not sure. I don't feel that because it's just my life. Uh, One of my students in France said, because I, I was talking about the time I'd spent as a Buddhist monk, and he said, oh yes, but a monk's life is a special life. But not when you're a monk, it's not. It's your ordinary life. You get up and do your monk life. So uh, if people are, um, if people enjoy what I've written, I'm very happy for that. But I don't feel it's special. It's just sharing my story. That's such a great line. People, you just get up and do your monk life. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> well, <laughs> that is how it was. And we did, pe- people who will look at the uh, the blog and also Facebook will see uh, photos of yourself with someone who was very important to you. And also we didn't quite get time to really talk about him very much. Tell us about your teacher. Well, that actually began on the Isle of Man. I met someone here who was connected to the Buddhist uh, Association of Great Britain or whatever it's called. And so through through him and through these little magazines, I met a woman, an old lady in Scotland who said, if you're looking for a teacher, I recommend this man. He's just arrived in in England. And so I went to visit him. And our story began instantly. I knelt down in front of, the, or I sat in front of this, this man, this Burmese Buddhist monk called Sayadori Wetadama. And his first words to me were, if you want to be happy in your life, you have to cultivate a loving heart. And they were the missing part of the, of the jigsaw of my Dharma practice, of my spiritual practice. I'd already been practicing for 10 years, but until I heard those words, I knew something, I knew it was not complete. And in the end, you know, it's a cliche, but love is the answer. And so that, that became our, our joint journey together. But in some ways, though, that sounds quite simple. You just be more loving. What is it that you learn over the course of, you know, sort of 20, 30, 40 years that is different to just being a more loving person? That love is not something you need to create. What you need to do is let go of the obstacle. Love is the fearless state. So you don't need to create the heart or love. You need to only let go of the fear, the obstacle to it. And that's the hard work because we're so conditioned. If you look at your television and radio news, and it's all about fear. Be afraid of everything. Whereas actually, if you look around, just, well, the whole world, I suppose, People are living with kindness and sharing and generosity all the time, except that's not what's promoted because mm-hmm. it doesn't sell products. But life is pretty good, really, for most of us. I know many people meet difficulty and suffering and, and animals, etc., etc. But once you let go of that idea of being afraid of everything and trying to control and trying to be certain of everything, then the heart just manifests like the sun rising in the morning and you... You, you spontaneously feel comfortable in life. I don't know what the world can present, but I know I can deal with it. I know I can respond to it because the fear part falls away. So sometimes you get what you want and that's wonderful. Enjoy it. Sometimes you don't get what you want, but we're grown up people. We're not children anymore. So, you know, we have to just accept that. But sometimes you get what you don't want. And that's a little bit more difficult to deal with. But nevertheless, this is our, our life. Life is not about you you just make it about you 
So once all those fear threads fall away, then we find uh, ourselves waking up with a smile on our face in the morning. Something like that. I don't know what the world, I don't know what life can present, but I know I can deal with it. I know I can respond. So that's the fearless state. See, it's fascinating because you've touched on a paradox, really, in that it, it seems like... See, the reason all of these sort of negative things seem to be promoted more, and you're absolutely right, than positive, like a friend said to me the other day, you know, when I was I was concerned about another negative news story and, and concerned about, you know, sort of people seemingly being more uh, unkind to each other or more, you know, that, that term evil, whatever that means, whatever. And he said to me, you know what, Christy, actually, there's a lot more good people than there are bad. It's just that, you I know... I would support that. Yeah, I absolutely. That. But then if that's the case, why are we so seemingly absorbed by the negative because the only reason this news is populated with so much negativity is because in a way most of the human population sadly will follow it and do want to hear it in a way yes because um fear is something that it, you know becomes overwhelming it you know it's connected to doubt and everything is fine until you have one small doubt then it begins to crumble and then you you're full of fear and how to protect yourself and your family and your life your work your, and all these kinds of things but it's only through fear that we can be that we can be manipulated that's why it's that's why it's a, such a useful tool mm-hmm. I, i'm not political in any way but if anybody wants to manipulate you they just find out your fear base um, losing your job or re- other religious groups, which is so popular now, the idea that we're all being threatened. You know, I've been to India. I spent a long time, 10 years in India. I met hundreds and hundreds of Muslim people, as kind as anyone you could, you could, and generous and caring as anyone you could imagine. Hindu people as well. The label we give ourselves doesn't have much value, actually. But it's because of um, the idea of, of, let's say, people in authority... They want to manipulate something, so they do it through fear. It's When you have fear, you can be manipulated. So in a strange way, the world doesn't want to see enlightened beings because they can't be manipulated. You have nothing I want. What on earth do you think you have that I want? I've been in your life. I did all those things. I'm not talking to you specifically, <laughs> Christy. But, you know, that world, that, that mundane world out there. And so the, the greatest gift we can give ourselves is freedom because you already have everything. If you want to be happy, it begins and ends with love, not the next car or the next relationship or the next job or fame or whatever. All those things have to be fought for, and they are all conditional. So what you have, you can lose. But when the heart opens, because it's not a getting of something, it's a manifesting of your, of your, your natural fearless state, then everything is fine. So if, for instance, somehow... Uh the entire population of the world decided, yes, we are all going to go on this journey We're all, and, and everyone became enlightened. What would that look like? Would the world still function? <laughs> oh, yes, of course. Of course it would. But it would it would function in a different way. There would be uh, certainly things like animal cruelty would dis- would disappear immediately. And, es- and especially for things like cosmetics. Mm. I, it seems to be a strange thing to me. And that people would care and share with each other and let go of labels, you know, to stand up and say, well, as I said, I'm a Muslim or I'm a Hindu or I'm a Buddhist or I'm a Christian. They don't mean anything. They're just labels. And then more subtly, I'm a man or I'm a woman. The idea that men and women are in some way unequal doesn't make any sense at all. Of course we're equal. We're two halves of the whole. So I, I, 
Actually, honestly, between you and me right now, I'm a recluse. I'm not exactly a hermit, but the, the world as it, as it presents itself is not something that interests me at all. So I try to, I, well, I don't try, I do stay very quiet. I live in a small monastery in the south of France, and I travel only to teach. Um, and that's my life, uh, encouraged, uh, more than encouraged, but determined by my teacher. He said, it's not about you. It's about sharing this Dharma so everyone can benefit. So I, I follow that path. And what is next for you, Michael? Oh, just more of the same. Uh, more travelling, more teaching. Uh, well, I, actually, I don't even like the word teaching. Just sharing this uh, this beautiful life that's that's available to everyone. You just have to want it enough. That's the point. You just have to want it enough. More than watching television. More than becoming involved in, in fighting with others and whatever. You just have to want to be free more than you want to be a prisoner. And that may sound strange, but we get very used to our prison cell and we'll argue to stay in it. And you, you speak in the book, uh, very eloquently, it's a very beautiful moment, about uh, the, the moment of enlightenment for you. Um, I wonder if now that you've sort of reached that point, do you feel like that's that's sort of it for you now? Or do you feel like you're still learning? Do you feel there's, there's, there's still more for you to learn? Oh, <laughs> well, okay, the simple answer is, is no. When you know, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, this is, uh, I hope this doesn't sound too arrogant. It's not meant to sound arrogant because it happens. You don't do it. It happens. But the basis for it happening is this 40 years of walking this path. So if you, you know, if you go on the mountain road in your car and you keep driving, you're going to arrive in Ramsey sooner or later you know, one way or another. So if you follow the path, then you arrive in one place. But it, it, because of our individual tendencies, it may take some people longer than others, of course. And for me, you know, 40 years, you can't say that's a rapid thing. But it was 40 years of one step after the other. And I think, uh, I don't know, the journey is in the walking, really, uh, and it never occurred to me, once I got past being 18 years old, it never occurred to me that enlightenment was something to even think about anymore. I just didn't want to be afraid. And I saw that this letting go, letting go, letting go had so much value. And then, as I say, I was told to teach and then one thing led to another. But it was never about awakening. It was only ever about not being afraid. Well, you mentioned the journey. It is a fascinating journey. I highly re- recommend the book, which is A Journey to Awakening, The Memoirs of a Dharma Disciple, uh, as written by Michael Cooney, my studio guest this afternoon. Um, just remind people, Michael, where they can find out more about what you do and about Pure Dharma itself. The easiest thing is from our website, which is www.puredharma.org. Pure Dharma is one word. Um, and there we have all kinds of things and some, I think, a little video of my own teacher, filmed when he was on the Isle of Man. I brought him here many times. How so, did the island react to him? Very well. And I was the Buddhist chaplain at the prison and they, the, the, the officers and the governor, they treated him so with so much respect uh, when I would take him there. Oh, I was wonderful. And was he in full robes as well? Oh, yes, always, always. The only clothes he had were his robes. <laughs> yes. Fantastic. Well, do go to the website there to find out more about Michael. And obviously you do do retreats as well. And you do come backwards and forwards to the Isle of Man as well. And we really appreciate you taking the time to come and see us today. Well, thank you very much. Ain't it good to know you've got a friend? Oh, yeah, yeah, you've got a friend.
Women Today. Don't sit in the slow lane. Join the fast lane right now with Shaw's all-new Superfast Plus Broadband. Enjoy more bandwidth, amazing speeds and the best value on the island from just £23.95 per month. So don't be left behind. Get a piece of the high-speed action with Superfast Plus Broadband from Shaw. For details, visit our stores in Douglas, Ramsey and Port Erin or click shaw.com. Love being Shaw. Terms and conditions apply.